0: Money makes people funny, which is why talking about specific numbers can feel taboo, especially when it's about something as threatening to our livelihoods as a recession.
1: The feds have confirmed that a recession is coming. The worst thing that you can do is to ignore the signs and just assume everything is okay. Very few businesses were adequately prepared to survive COVID, and this time we have fair warning. Don't find yourself in a position where you are losing income when there is plenty that you can do now to avoid the financial repercussions of a recession.
0: Hey, it's your travel industry best friends, Robin and Jen from Teak.
1: We're obsessed with practically anything that touches your business and allows you to scale to the level of success that you've always dreamt of. With
0: Robin's background in sales and marketing
1: and Jennifer's experience as a management level HR professional.
0: We grew a small itinerary creation company into a multi-million dollar travel agency, and now we aim to help others skip the hard stuff and get right to the big wins.
1: We're probably each recording this holding a glass of wine, so pour one up with us, grab a seat, and join us to talk all things travel and business.
0: All right. This is a heavy episode, but it's so needed And it's just something that's not fun to talk about. So we're going to make it a little fun-ish because we're your friends, but we're going to make it a little more approachable rather and just chunk it down into easy things that you can do now as you are getting these summer commission checks, uh, these planning fees, all of these things, as your bank account is probably healthier than it's been since pre-2020 Let's take that time to really be strategic as an industry and protect ourselves so that our businesses can continue to survive. So what you're going to do now is you are going to save and you are going to save in various places. We just saw, I forget the name of the bank that just
1: like collapsed. Essentially they had like... Republic Bank just went on Silicon Valley first and now First Republic just happened today. We're like early May recording this.
0: Okay. Well, there you go. Case in point. Now, here's the thing that you should know. The FDIC does ensure a balance of up to $250,000. However, like to me, I'm like, okay, how long does that take for a payout? Does that apply in a recession? Like, how healthy is their ability to pay that out? Is there a timeframe that they're allowed? Does that allow for two years? Like, what does that look like? I don't know the ins and outs of that. So that's something one you should look into your terms and conditions with your bank anyway. But if, it were me and I were getting these commission checks and these planning payments, I would almost put one direct fee like bucket at one bank and my commissions at another bank just so that I was diversifying where my funds lived and making sure that no matter what happens to my bank, I still have a decent and healthy balance to operate from. Robin and I actually do this. So I, I we're like practicing what we preach. It's a little bit different where we put our entire tax bucket in another bank completely. We don't just keep it like in a bucket within our bank account. It's in a completely other bank account. And we pull from that once a year and we just stash away. So we are practicing what we preach here for a little bit of a different purpose. But now that we've held a magnifying glass to this, I think it would even shift a little bit about how we operate. Now, again, that's up to 250 k So if you're like, I'm going to stay under 250 k always, then maybe you're okay if you want to trust the system. However, we would recommend one year of operating expenses, and that operating expense is to include your salary. So you are an expense. Your income actually is an expense. And once you start treating it as such, you will guarantee that you're paying yourself as you should be. So one year of operating expenses, including your salary in that, and that does require that you need to know your expenses. Like flat out, we say this on every episode, you should know what your operating expenses are and you should be able to make educated decisions on how you're spending your money. And yes, that's going to vary from year to year. You might get a great opportunity to go on a fam or to be featured in a publication that you need to pay in for, whatever it may be. but. For the most part, you should know your operating expenses. So that's what we have to say about that. Save now, save in various places, but anticipate that you will always need one year of operating expenses. Frankly, that would have done the industry a world of good if everyone in 2020 had a year of operating expenses because that would give them enough time to shift their model to the domestic, the Caribbean, the things that were still traveling and ensure that you are still able to pay yourself. I would venture to say 99% of advisors were not in that boat because we never saw it coming because 2019 was too good to be true. And we just kept on riding that wave thinking it was going to get better and better. And it was going to get better and better, just like we feel right now. But there's always a bell curve to everything in life. So... Don't ignore the red flags, save, and don't just operate out of your bank account and pay yourself week to week, live in a conservative manner. And that goes for your personal finances. If I'm just being like a friend to you and we're sitting and having wine together, I would tell you to do the same for your your personal.
1: And accounts. legal disclaimer, we are just being your friend. None of yeah. this is legal advice. We have no idea what to do financially. That's why we have an accountant. So just always any financial decisions, double check with your accountant, but this is all that we would do. Because I think something to note, like, yeah, it affects your business, but it's affecting people too. I think recessions bring out a lot of really intense emotions from clients. Like I think we can all remember in COVID when that happened, it was like you almost had to brace for impact because you no longer were just a travel advisor. You were like therapy and you were a punching bag and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah. And it was like, it was as if we were
0: personally holding their finances hostage and we weren't. Yeah. (laughs) The airlines were (laughs) don't look at me. Look at your airline. But then they would go to the airline. The airline would say they couldn't get their money back because they work with a travel advisor, and then we became the bad guy again. So here we are. Here we are. All right. Well, that leads us to our next point because we just said you need to know your expenses, which means
1: it's time to evaluate those expenses and reduce spend where it makes sense. I think that not enough people take the time to do. A monthly or even a quarterly audit of their reoccurring expenses. I mean, me and Jen, we have four employees underneath us. We obviously have a wide suite of technology that we use to keep Teak up and running and all the platforms we need for our community and for branding and creating those amazing logos. And, you know, we need to stay up on Travel Joy. So we have Travel Joy. There's a lot of operating expenses that come with our business. And for me, there, I always do it at the beginning of the year. And then monthly I do go in, I print out our bank statement, and I just make sure there's no like surprise charges. Jen does it as well because we'll she'll text me or I'll text her. I'm like, what is this random charge for like a hundred dollars? And we have to go do a little manhunt for it. But it's a great time to just sit down and like look at what that overhead is. Again, this is gonna be really important too when you start like looking at what are you charging for your fees? Because you need to know what your business needs in order to maintain and operate. And while I do those sort of audits, I always catch technology or random things that are wrong. Like for example, we switched from using Trello boards to manage our projects to client portals inside of Dubsado because that's a platform our CRM platform that we're already using. So for a while, like a couple months, we were paying this like double charge of Trello and that was silly. Like that was something that didn't need to happen. Was it making or breaking us? Absolutely not. But it doesn't hurt to get $35 back into our bank account. So it's always really good quick audit. If you're not using something, I'm guilty of subscriptions. that just kind of like live and die in my checking account until I shift through my personal account and my personal finances and kind of shift through all the things that I'm paying for that I shouldn't be. But now is a really, really great time to evaluate those expenses. You know what? Robin is the best
0: at this. She is the best at saying no to an expense that seems small in the moment, but realizes that that's in the long run, probably a power bill for one of us or something that ke- literally and figuratively keeps the lights on. Like we were talking about upgrading our course platform. We use Kajabi and it was going to be a jump from like 149 to 300 a month. And to me, I'm like, well, that's the cost of one course. So if we sell one extra course, we do a little bit more m- marketing on social, we offset that, which is, Yes, that there is that vein of thought. And that is true, technically. But she was like, no, we're just going to delete this one because we're not currently using it. And we're going to reshuffle and we don't have to upgrade. That would be 150 times 12 per year is a lot of money. And that could be going towards something. We have big goals to add benefits for our employees and to start contributing to philanthropic Endeavors. And so, like, she has a very good long term perspective. And I would say, especially in the travel industry, I notice that there are a lot of like impetuous buyers, like emotional buyers. I think that because travel is so full of passionate people, and I mean that in the most like complimentary way possible, we're dreamers and we're willing to spend because we know that we tell our clients, like, you get it, you get out what you put in, right? So then we do these kind of like impetuous purchases and they all add up and it's just very easy to lose track of those expenses over 12 months. And when you do that audit, you're like, oh my God, I'm spending $350 extra a month and I wasn't salaring myself that month. Okay, well, you could have been salaring yourself $350. No, that's not a full salary, but it's something that's something that could have gone in your bank account.
1: And it should be something. I mean, this is also a great time to rethink your fam investments. Like, does it make sense knowing we're heading into a recession to do a two week crazy expensive trip to insert destination here? It's just a great time to kind of evaluate that because ideally, what you're doing when you have your expenses is you're going and you're budgeting for things and then you're creating your fam budget and you're operating from that budget because you know because you have a forecasting of your income, you know what you're going to be bringing in. So you know what to budget. I mean, perfect world, right? But Mm -hmm. I think that's also, and we touch on this all the time, like putting a no to the fans that just don't make sense for your business time wise, money wise, investment wise, all of the things. So now more than ever, is like a really good time to sit down and be like, does this help my bottom line? Yes or no? Do my clients actively ask me for this? Yes or no? And then don't sign any like high ticket reoccurring and non-essential contracts, maybe, maybe wait it out a little bit. And I mean, we're sitting here and we have contracts with clients, but at the end of the day, like it's, it's super important for anybody making a financial commitment to us that it makes sense for them. Like I'm never going to sell somebody on our services when it's going to make or break their income because that's just, that's not fair. That's not how we do business. And that's not how hopefully most of the people that you work with do business either.
0: We were actually on our team call today and we were just talking about how there was a new tech platform that the monthly fee was like, I think it was like three ninety-nine or something like that. And it we won't say specifically what it was, but you know, they wanted to do a supplier coffee chat in our niche community. And it was like, right now, do we think that our audience should be spending close to four hundred dollars per month on something that we know they're a comparable? Softwares in the industry that we don't think there's that much of a difference in the quality. Is it in our best interest to essentially advocate for this platform? And ultimately, like we decided not right now because out of integrity, we want everyone to have the highest profit margin possible. And that means keeping expenses low and making sure that the software that you are using is benefiting your clients. So right now, Travel joy and Travify, they've kind of crossed into each other's fields a little bit. And if you're starting out, maybe you don't need both. I would say that some people could consolidate into one. I'm not going to tell you which one that should be because I don't know your business model, but I mean, I, I have a strong argument for one. I'm just saying that especially when we're facing decisions, that are impacting the ability for us to take home money and put food on the table, some of these things are luxuries. And we don't treat them as luxuries all the time. We think that everything is a necessity that we're working with. But when you get down to it, it does require you to maybe thinking differently about how to use certain systems and be honest about like, okay, can I work within this? Yes. Is it slightly uncomfortable? Maybe for a little bit. But again, nothing's set in stone. You can always start back with something else. Well, so. also
1: through auditing our expenses, we learned that we weren't using Dubs Auto to its full potential, too. No. So that's why we cut out Trello because we're like, yeah, it's a great platform, but like project management wise, it's not getting the job done for our team internally and externally for our clients. There's a better way to do it on the platform we're already playing for. So I think that's a really awesome point that you made as well. What systems are you active or in your suite that you're maybe can absorb something else? Like, do you mm. really need ClickUp and Trello. In my vote, that's always a no. Like You can probably do one or the other. So making sure that you're optimizing and truly squeezing everything out of the systems and the suite that you have is really important.
0: And I think evaluating your ROI for everything that you have a long-term contract with. I, for example, signed a contract with The Knot and Wedding Wire at the beginning of COVID. I was optimistic that COVID was short-term because they told us, you know, two weeks to to flatten the curve. That's just ridiculous in retrospect, but we know that's not the case. And I, that's a very high ticket marketing expense that I just literally robbed myself of having an income by having this additional expense that was not bringing in clients in that season. But also even when things did start to look better when it came to leads coming in, it wasn't my target audience. Like it was not my ideal clientele. So I think of those high ticket publications that people sign up for and they have these a lot of the time. They, there's not a three month or a six month contract. It's like just a year in and it's a monthly draw and they're really hard to get out of these contracts. Like you are really, really in for it. So. If I were to advise anyone right now, I would be very cautious about signing anything on a long term situation that has a high ticket in general that's not literally touching your client's experience on a
1: daily basis. It's just looking at likes to haves versus need to haves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, that list. And we've talked about this too. And like we've evaluated, does this make sense for us to invest in? Is it a need to have or a want to have sort of thing? And there's a time and a place for a want to have, Like get those expenses out of the way and give the recession a little bit of time to work through to flatten the curve, as they say. And maybe maybe you can add it in. But I think not just jumping on things and being impulsive is going to save you a lot of money in these times.
0: Yeah. And I now there are so many people that are trying to hire right now. And I would just also have realistic conversations with them. If I were sitting there with a glass of wine with a friend that was like, I'm thinking I'm going to hire someone. I would explore contract VAs. If you're not looking to have that person do time sensitive things, if you're looking for them to Help pull images for your social media and queue up blog posts and help with those things that are not like urgent and they're not requiring them to be with you from eight to five. I would say maybe look at contract work before you bring on the overhead and the livelihood of someone else, because it's just a lot. I think if anyone that has purchased agency expansion academy, they will realize the weight of bringing on someone and you are now responsible for the food they put on their table for their family and childcare and their retirement and the ability to take care of their parents. If they're in that situation, like I'm dramaticizing this, but I'm not because it's the reality of hiring someone is saying like, I accept you into my company culture and I'm going to take care of you. Whereas a contract relationship is saying like, I don't know the longevity of this, but I need help. And I think it's a very honest way of working right now. And I. Would feel more comfortable if you don't have a year's worth of someone's salary saved in your bank account, as well as a year's worth of your expenses. To me, that's when I would be a little more cautious.
1: 100%. We always talk about this. And I think it's just so important with hiring to know what you're getting into. Like hiring a person, it's a big responsibility. And it's not just like, oh, are they going to do the job well? It's like, are you going to do the job well at training, at maintaining their contract, at paying them on time and timely and what they're worth and all of those things. So
0: what they're worth. That's another thing. Are you going to pay someone what they're worth? That's not the topic today, but that's a dang good topic that we're going to get into for sure. If you're listening to this in hopes of hearing a single nugget of information that could change your business, then let us share the one thing that transformed our days from scattered to streamlined, creating a defined client experience with templated emails, forms, and automated task lists. That's exactly why we created our elevated experience workflow designed to work in Traveljoy but easily transferable to other platforms. Our program can help you skip the copy paste routine save you from sending touchpoint texts on weekends, avoid missing important details, and protect your business by capturing signatures throughout the process. And if you're also thinking, that's great, but when do I have time to implement all that? Skip the stress and use the button in the program portal to have us implement your new client workflow within days. The key to loyal returning clients and the link to protect your piece is in the show notes. Okay. The next thing is this is where travel insurance has never been so important. We learned this in COVID that travel insurance is one of the most important pieces of our client experience that we could possibly accidentally skip over, but it's one of the easiest things to accidentally skip, but we have a legal and a moral obligation to ensure that our clients are protected. But now Double edged sword to this. You want to make sure that you are protected. So you need to be working with vendors that are going to cover your commission to a certain amount. And you want to know the ins and outs of what those protocols are. Does that mean they need to be paid in full? Do you need to incentivize that your clients should pay in full by giving them an extra amenity or a discount on their Planning fee. I don't know what that looks like. I'm not, I'm not, I haven't thought all that through if I'm being completely candid, but I would say that incentivizing paying in full would be a great idea if you're working with an insurance vendor that requires the full balance of a trip to be paid in full for them to cover your commissions in case a trip is canceled.
1: Ooh, I like that. Like half off your planning fee if you pay. I've never thought of that before.
0: It is a small sacrifice for a very long-term gain. It's like, have you seen those videos where like the little kids are eating marshmallows and the parents like leave the room and they're like, don't eat the marshmallow. You get two if I come back in a minute, but I've left you with one now. But if you don't eat the marshmallow, you get two when I come back. They always eat the one marshmallow. And I think that's, I don't know if we ever grow out of that. So like the insurance, paying in full, it's its the two marshmallows. If you just look at the long-term benefits of, Making sure your clients are purchasing a good plan and that they're covered in case of a loss of job. This is, I'm sensitive to even say this because we don't want to get bogged down in the nuances of someone's plan. And there's a lot of liability that can be opened up. We just did a podcast on protecting your business legally. And we said, don't talk about the ins and outs of an insurance policy. But one thing. I would recommend moving forward is I would highly recommend bed rest and in case of job loss, because that's what we're facing right now Mm -hmm. is job loss. And so you want that insurance plan to make your client whole. And if they do cancel, you want to be made whole as well when it comes to your commissions. So be really knowledgeable on the vendor that you're purchasing insurance through. And I would say like you could even diversify that just in case of an insurance company kind of struggling a little bit, but I would rather go with a strong vendor in the market. If it were me that I could know the policy really, really well, just because I think that I would feel more confident knowing one product really well and being able to like put all my eggs in that basket. But there's some risk in that just throwing that out there. Have you ever had an unhappy client and then immediately checked to make sure that your terms and conditions had you covered? If not, props to you. But that's not the case for everyone. If you're like us and you want to make sure that your client can't hold you financially accountable for any loss due to last minute cancellation because of bad weather, a missed flight, a positive COVID test, or any other situation, we know they happen, then you'll be happy to know that the legal page has your back. The Legal Page is an online template shop run by a real lawyer, Paige Griffiths. She took the time to work with us and get to know the ins and outs of the travel business so that she could make an incredibly robust terms and conditions template. If you're ready to get legally legit, start with the Legal Page. Our link to the travel industry specific agreements can be found in the show notes. Speaking of
1: diversification, and we've hinted at that in in this at this point in previous episodes as well. But now is a really awesome time to start looking and evaluating the opportunities to diversify your service suite. And of course, charging fees. We're big advocates of fees. A lot of travel advisors will tell you to be charging fees. But by diversifying your service suite, and what I mean by service suite is like your service packages. So do you offer just one service package where for $500 it includes you booking hotel and airfare and... I don't know, handling, you know, in destination support and whatever that looks like, or do the suite where it's like, here's my, I don't know, Nomad package. And it's kind of the bare bones of everything. And then here's my concierge level package. And it's a little bit elevated. And maybe in the Nomad or the lower end, you're not handling airfare. And then you start handling airfare. And then you have your high ticket package, which is handling everything, booking everything, dining reservations, spa reservations, if they request them, and then also, you know, maybe you give them your WhatsApp number and you provide in-destination support, making it aware that you're on a different timeline and there is in-destination support with your DMC. But sometimes people just want to like have you in their back pocket. But in my book, in my field of thought as a business owner, you should never just be giving access like that to you away. And a lot of people will like him and and would say, Robin, ugh, he just don't understand because you know, I want to provide a luxury service. I think that luxury, people who expect luxury service are willing to pay for it in my book. Like that's what my experience has always been. Like the type of clients who, you know, I would consider quote unquote luxury, it's not just (laughs) given freely necessarily. There's a premium for it. And we talked about this a little bit too with Teak Week and it was a fun conversation because like maybe you do have an add on menu of services once somebody does book your middle tier package and they you're getting into it and your middle tier tier package doesn't handle dining or spa reservations but they have the ability to add that on once they're in the planning phase of everything once like the skeleton's booked and they like get excited and you know they're asking for your suggestions and you have the ability to be like okay well you know that's not included in your initial package but let me go ahead and I can send you you know an invoice for adding that on just finding ways that you can creatively add on maybe they want another phone call before they depart okay cool that's $50 $100 $150 whatever it looks like and it's a way for you to capitalize on giving more access to yourself i don't think you should just give like unlimited access to yourself for free
0: yeah we travel planning is not a one size fits all solution and especially depending on your clientele you know, we've been very transparent that Robin and I, we had a wide range of clientele ranging from like, I would say honeymooners that were younger in their career and had an economical budgets to multi-gen high luxury trips. Well, those multi-gen trips, they want more access. They want to be able to host group calls and they might want more than the honeymoon proposal, and wrap-up call before they go. They may need a higher touch. So I like the thought that you just said of throwing out upsell options. And there's so much psychology to this. This is like, we will get into this, we promise you, in the future. But there is a lot of psychology to actually creating service suites and Typically, if you give four options, most people are going to pick the third option. It's just think about when you're at a restaurant and you're with friends and everyone says like, hey, Robin, will you pick the wine for the night? You're not going to pick the lowest bottle. You're typically going to pick one up or two up just so you're like right in that sweet spot. And that applies to services too. People don't always want to be the lowest tier. And some people definitely want to be the highest tier. They, that's like their pride and joy is that they have the highest level of access to you and that's what they want. So if you're giving that same high level of access to people that are not valuing that time or don't need it as much, then you're not capitalizing on that opportunity to Robin's point. If you, if you have a client that wants a private jet, they want you on call. They wanna be able to touch base with you at any time. If you have someone that's going to excellence for four nights and they have a direct flight from Fort Lauderdale to Cancun and they just wanted a weekend getaway, they probably do not care about that access just as much. And I would venture to say that some advisors are, yes, booking both of those things. I had booked both of those things at the same time. And that may not be very niche specific like we preach, but there was a lot of variety in what we are booking. And it would have been much more advantageous to me earlier on to capitalize on the different levels of service that people need.
1: Yeah. Because I just think it's like the three bears theory, like one's too low, one's too high, one's just right. So it's like a lot of people like Jen said will fall in the middle. But for those people who are doing all inclusives, quick flights, direct flights, not a lot of logistics involved, this is the best package for you. And I can say that with confidence as a consultation, because you probably don't need dining reservations, you can easily enjoy the all inclusive food and like have a great time. Whereas, you know, you just want to giving those options, it, it allows people to, instead of them being like, Oh, well, you're not for me, because you know, I don't need all of that, like, because I wouldn't need all of that if I was just, you know, booking an all inclusive. Yeah. I will find someone else or i do it myself. Instead of that, they they have the option and they're like, oh, okay, well, it's a lower fee. And she's still going to service me. She's still going to provide me with like customer service and help me make sure that my leading up to the trip is great and all of that kind of stuff. But that's another thing I wish I would have done in our business when we were still booking because I think it would have helped us really capitalize on the differences in, in clients and not feeling so drained by the people who go I think it's it allows you to set boundaries because at the end of the day it's like hey you picked this package and it's very clear that inside of this middle tier package it doesn't include a pre-departure call however in my VIP level package it does so if you would like to add on that call here is a charge like a fee for it like it's $150 like we said or whatever and it's like you can either choose to add it on or not it's not I don't care But like you do not pay for it. So it's like a way to go back to your contract and be like, here is exactly what I promised you. And this is exactly
0: what I'm delivering. And you're probably wondering, okay, so how does that recession proof the business? Well, it gives people options. It gives them control. It also allows them to know that when and if they're in a position that they don't need that high service touch, they can still go to you because... People will still book. That's not to say travel is going to halt altogether, but knowing that someone can access you at different levels allows people to still look to you as a resource in the travel realm when they might not be looking for that multi-gen trip. They still want to work with you as a resource. And if that means educating your existing clients on your virtuoso link to book hotels so that they can get more out of their hotel-only booking, then so be it. But that doesn't mean we're not telling you to completely change your niche or anything like that, but appropriately charging for your time is what we're talking about here. And that's where you need to save money. You're going to need to save energy if and when you have to cancel things because people's financial situations are changing. And that way you are fairly compensated for the effort you are putting forth.
1: Yeah, maybe to your service we you add in just a consultation fee. Mm Where it's like you're not booking anything at all. Somebody is like trying to book something on Spain and they don't know where to start and they just need to talk to you for an hour about the logistics they should consider and what you would do. Ideally you upsell them there and they start trusting you after that call. But I mean that's another great way to I know people were doing COVID requirement consultations. That was incredibly smart during that recession that we were in with COVID, where it was like people come to them and just they just needed to know that they had everything, all their ducks in a row for their trip. And it was like, it took somebody two seconds. All they did was do exactly what the people would do, go to travel.gov, find out the requirements for the country and list them all out for them in an email. So it sounds silly, but like people because you're a travel advisor I trust you more than I trust myself and peace of mind I probably spent money on this trip like it, it's smart things like that that I think will you get a little scrappy with your income sometimes and those are great things to add to your suite when when it makes sense yeah which brings us
0: to the next topic which is evaluating your terms and conditions for that service suite right so you want to make sure that your contract is ironclad. And so that anytime someone is looking to purchase from you, they know exactly what they're getting. We are huge fans. If you have listened to us before, you know that we are huge fans of when you send a planning invoice, you are qualifying exactly what your clients are getting. They are getting a proposal concept three edits, one inquiry call up to one hour, one wrap-up call up to one hour, and your industry in-destination partners. Like You can make it fluffy and sound great, but you are specifying exactly those things so that, like Robin said, it allows you to set boundaries. So if you have different planning fees, you're qualifying that now, and you're putting verbiage in there that says, this is non-refundable, blah, blah. But... Go ahead and look at your terms and conditions now, your client agreement now, and make sure it's also reflecting a charge for changing or canceling. Because if this client, especially like maybe even, this is just a thought. I, this came to me. If they pay in full and they're covered, you can waive that cancellation fee and you can even put that in the terms and conditions. Like if you've purchased the insurance and my commission is made whole by our supplier, like this, whatever you want to do, you can waive that cancellation fee. You can always waive something, but you can't always make something.
1: I'm trying to think of the word. You I feel slimy. I'd yes. be like, Hey, you want to cancel your trip? Here's $500 cancellation fee. Instead of being like, Hey, you paid a full to here. I'll waive this. That type yes. of thing. So it's a, Again, psychology like we talked about.
0: And you're not looking to capitalize or profit off of someone canceling, right? You want to be made whole and that's the goal. So making sure that you're made whole, whatever that means, if that means if someone cancels and they didn't have insurance that made you whole, they have to pay 10% of their balance to you, then so be it. In most situations with most wholesalers, they've paid 10%, but that's not going to you. So whatever that cancellation or change fee needs to be for you to feel adequately compensated for the work you're putting in, you are managing a cancellation. You are managing a change. And a lot of the time the change is just as complex as starting from scratch. So this is really important that you make sure it's in your terms and conditions so that you can rely on it when you need it. But again, you can always waive something, but you cannot Always hold someone to something that you've never communicated to about in the first place, and they've never signed off on it. You're going to want to be made whole and you're going to be at least as close to whole as possible. I wish that we had had that. Everything in retrospect, right? Like my, what I would have done differently in 2019 to prepare had we had like a warning and could see the future magic eight ball moment, I would have definitely charged fees. I would have educated people more on the terms of airfare or at least made sure I was capturing their signature about airfare. I would have made sure that my terms and conditions outlined what cancellations and changes looked like. As well as charging for additional calls because there were a lot of questions that I could have answered by email, but everyone wanted time and reassurance and comforting as I did. But you know, I had to pay for that too by going to a therapist. (laughs) And that comes at the expense of your ability to be with family or friends. Like all of that took time away from things that we also needed to fill our cup and you can't pour from an empty cup. So that's all I'll say about that is that you just want to make sure that your terms and conditions are as conservative as possible and they lean in your benefit so that you can always, you can always collect if you need to and it's within your moral compass and you know that you are actually due the money that you've earned through servicing that sale. 100%.
1: And the last point, and shifting your marketing messaging to the most recession-proof areas of your niche. And this was actually a super interesting topic that me and Jen discussed when COVID did hit, like what's recession-proof. Typically, those are going to be weddings. Like, Despite what happens in the world, people are still going to get married. So we shifted a lot of our messaging to honeymoons. Mm-hmm. Also at the time, Mexico opened before a lot of it. Anywhere else, pretty much, that was like one of the only options. And that was obviously a big spot. But Also, in terms of recession proof, like when people are holding on to their wallets a little bit tighter and they're evaluating their personal expenses, honestly, the first thing to normally go is leisure expenses. So like just random vacations will get nixed far before any sort of honeymoons, which is big and associated with weddings. Honeymoons will get delayed, but they won't necessarily be nixed the same way that like, oh, we were just going to go with friends to Cabo this year. Doesn't make sense. Cut it out of the budget sort of thing. Um, and we also saw a big trend of people shifting to like the domestic weekend getaways. So, Blackberry Mountain, I think, had like probably their biggest oh, Gosh. Property. They blew up. They're still blown up. They're a great property. But I mean, there was a lot more of a shift from people um, traveling internationally and then to shift to like a more domestic sort of um, yeah. situation. So, we do have awesome suppliers who can do domestic. Talking through that with like your host, I guess. Of who you would book the like getaways because when I was yeah. plastics, they weren't great options like I didn't know exactly where to go um, and at that time I don't think we had like the supplier knowledge that we did when I left Explore Tour of like a really good like wholesaler to sell domestic yeah.
0: and that's it is hard but also we weren't that was a large piece of the decision to transition our consortium from one. To we ultimately went virtuoso because of the amount of domestic properties that they had suppliers, hotels and partners within the consortium. So that was a major catalyst for that change because we needed those relationships in the moment where the existing, I, I have nothing negative to say about our, our previous consortium. I love, love, loved them and how they treated their members, but Just the in-country hotels was not there and the ability to book through the white label link was not there. And when people are funny about money, they're gonna cut us out of the conversation, right? Like there there may be people that don't wanna discuss what their budget is. Maybe they went to Amangiri last year and now they're like, well, I just need like an easy bed and breakfast getaway, but like a nice one. But the budget is literally like one third of what it was. They might want to book direct because they might not want to talk about their financial situation in that moment. And that's completely natural. And I respect that. And people shouldn't have to discuss their budget all the time to get a great experience, especially if it's drivable. If they don't want to fly somewhere because that is an additional and unnecessary expense, because like me, I'm like, I could drive to the keys. If I didn't want to fly, I could still have a great weekend and elevated experience and go to a great, I was going to say like a Hyatt or something instead of Little Palm Island where I would have flown. And you can still have these beautiful experiences at a lesser price point, And that's what we may be seeing people do. So. I think the first thing to go is going to be the multi-gen safari trips, like those big once-in-a-lifetime trips where someone may have a, they might have that money in stocks and pulled it out. Well, if stocks fluctuate, they don't have those finances to do that big trip. Honeymooners will always go. Robin and I always say this. We're like, it might look different, but they're going to go. They might go to the bed and breakfast at New Smyrna Beach with a drive away, but they're still going to go. And guess what? That's still 10%. And that's a power bill that month. So it's just thinking differently and proactively getting ahead of it. When we were in COVID, I did a lot of blogs on highlighting great spots for moderate price points and domestic price points, ranch getaways. So if you are a blogger, if you like blogging, I I had the same format every time I did top 10, blah, blah, blah. And I just did like paragraph, paragraph with like an image next to it. And I kept it very easy because I wanted people to land on that and just get some semblance of wanderlust and hope for travel back. And I felt like if we could be a source of inspiration, that when things normalized, they would come to us. And they did 100%. So staying top of mind, don't get defeated. If you have equipped your business To be financially sound by saving, protecting the income that's coming in now and by making sure you're educated on how you can pivot within your niche. When these things come to fruition, then you have no reason to get down in the dumps or defeated or frustrated. You can shift that time and energy to marketing and staying top of mind. Because again, the people that stay present and in front of an audience, that's who people are, they're not going to question, hey, are they still around? They're going to be like, they've kept going since day one. I trust them. They know what they're doing. And they stayed strong through this rough time. And that's what we did. I mean, we just tried to stay as present as possible, even if sometimes we didn't want to show up.
1: Well, I think it's important too. We weren't tone deaf to it. Like, we weren't still pushing the high end crazy stuff, even though you could technically book it. Like, COVID affected people health wise, but also affected people financially in a lot of ways because a lot of people lost jobs. And just with this recession, just be aware that everyone is affected by recessions on different levels. And do not be tone deaf in your marketing and assuming that, like, oh, well, my clientele is high end luxury. You have no idea. With that small business owner who maybe was making, you know, hand over fist, all of a sudden, something slumps, and it's different now. Like, so just be aware, know that people are going to be affected by things differently. And like, have some answers to the questions, tailor the messaging when it's appropriate. But it's just kind of something, whether you book the highest end people, or the lowest end people, recession, yeah. everybody, but they hit them differently. I love that
0: because we are human. We have to have empathy. And that's why people will return to you is if you treat them and you grieve with them. Like there was so many times where do you think I wanted to get on a phone call and grieve the loss of someone who had to cancel their dream wedding and their honeymoon? It's not like the top thing I wanted to do that day. Like I was grieving the loss of my income and then I had to do it with them all over again and like coach them through it. And still be human when I knew it meant a loss of thousands of dollars to me. But we can be human in so many ways in advance by being an advocate for their finances, by encouraging the insurance, by letting them know payment plan options. Like, just know it's coming. Just assume, like, even if you don't believe, like, let's assume that someone on this podcast right now, they're like... Okay, well, everyone's been saying it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's not coming. Just assume it's coming. Prepare your business as if it were coming. There's nothing negative that can come out of you preparing your business with everything that we've said here. Like yeah. this. <laughs>
1: so far, you, you've tightened up your terms and conditions and evaluated your expenses. Like, oh, shoot. <laughs> such, a, such a waste.
0: <laughs> you've got money in the bank. I'm sorry. <laughs> The great thing about this episode, like we said, is that these practices should be in place all the time. So even if nothing happens, which we are being told, that's not the reality. Something is pending. These things that we've mentioned can help you keep your business in a healthy position. We know this wasn't the sexiest episode that we've ever done. And it tends to be the natural inclination to shy away from these action items or topics that are not so fun in our business, especially in a year where, let's be honest, the commissions right now and making the trips, they're real fun.
1: (laughs) They're real fun. But Jen's right. We felt it was kind of our responsibility to record this episode since there are things that you can do now. We want to help the individuals that make up the travel industry survive the recession if and when it comes. If this helped you in any way, please help us keep the content coming by heading over to Apple Podcasts to give a reading and review. We'd also love if you would subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so that you never miss a next episode.
0: What can we say? We're not kidding when we tell you that we're big on transparency. That's why we've compiled a few bloopers. Whether you're laughing with us or at us, enjoy these never before heard moments.
1: The Feds have confirmed that a recession is coming, if not already here. The worst thing that you can do is ignore the signs and just assume everything is okay. Very few pis- business is from the top. <laughs>
0: Add some crunch in there.
1: For some reason, carrots sound so good right now. Mm, you want that vitamin C? Good. Let me turn this on. For some reason, like... My notifications are coming through. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's off. The bats can have. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm gonna be like, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's
1: just again, like. My brain is moving too fast, and then my mouth doesn't keep up. So, like, the words are trapped inside of my mouth and they can't make their way free. <laughs> I literally was looking down at my phone and was like, What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that was good. The words are really difficult. <laughs> Whenever I see the word fence, I picture the, um, like the men in black who come when <laughs> you like, experience an alien <laughs> abduction. <laughs> I like that. Um, come the men in black. There's <laughs> that video or whatever. It's, like, taken in a hotel and, like, it's, like, oh, men in black footage. But I, I would love if that were the music for this episode instead. <laughs> Some men in black. Says, and then it's, like, okay. <laughs> it's a vibe. Okay. From the top. The feds have confirmed that a recession is coming. And the worst thing that you can do to is ignore. Yeah. Why is it
0: hard? The The worst things.
1: (laughs) We're sending you a long distance cheers because you just finished another episode of TikTok.
0: If you loved what you heard, hit subscribe and head over to the show notes for any resources and a summary
1: of this episode. In the meantime, if you want more access to us, we are personally inviting you to join our Niche by Teak community, where we host live events, answer your questions, share Destination masterclasses, and give you a front row seat to all the resources that we launch throughout the year.
0: Plus, what's better than being surrounded by like-minded advisors that are hyping you up to succeed each
1: day? we think nothing. Head over to www.teakhq.com backslash niche to join the community today.